Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Starfleet Leadership Academy, a Star Trek podcast told through the lens of leadership development. And now, here's your host, Jeff Aiken. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. On this episode, we dive into the second episode of the fourth season of The Next Generation, Family. This was the follow-up episode to what is arguably one of the biggest season-ending starting cliffhangers in television history. In The Best of Both Worlds, Parts 1 and 2, Picard is, oh, spoiler alert, assimilated by the Borg and quite possibly responsible for the destruction of 39 starships and the death of over 11,000 people. I am Locutus. He's understandably traumatized by the experience. Yes, he was deborged at the end of the two-parter, and this episode sets out to see how he addresses that. In a very real way, this is the third part to the best of both worlds. This is really important context as the episode starts. The Enterprise is docked for overhaul and refit. Crew are taking some needed R&R after the horrifying events of the Battle of Wolf 359. Riker tells Worf he's looking forward to meeting his parents. Worf is shocked that his parents are coming on board, but Riker encourages him to take some more off-duty time, spend it with them. Meet the parents. They reference the events of Sins of the Father from later in the third season of The Next Generation here. I do not believe any human can truly understand my dishonor. This is the first of a handful of references to past episodes. This This really isn't a thing that Trek was known for doing around the time that this episode aired. Picard is packing up to go to Labar, France, where he grew up. It's been 20 years since he's been back there. Troy is with him, providing really good counseling. She's asking questions, challenging a lot of his assumptions, and helping him stay on a path towards improving his mental health. Captain Jean-Luc Picard, the man who couldn't be pried out of his seat for vacation for three years. He references all the nightmares that he's been having, and he's very confident that he, he just needs some, some alone time to recover. Nightmares have ended. All I need now is a little time to myself. In the scope of The Next Generation, This is one of the first times that we see Troy actively in her role as a counselor. And she's very, very much a help to Picard. The injuries are healing. Those you can see in the mirror. As the opening credits start, I'm already seeing what will be a theme in this episode. The importance of mental health. 
Now, I, I need to give this disclaimer. I've given it before, but I am not a mental health professional. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to share my thoughts and my opinions on what I see in this episode. But I want, I, I want to acknowledge up front my ignorance here. If I'm wrong about something, it's not intentional, and, and I apologize. I also ask that, that if I am wrong, l- let me know. Please educate me. I'll go ahead and give away part of the ending right now. Mental health is important. I believe it is, in today's world, stigmatized, often mocked, and, and, and more often just misunderstood. But I look forward to a time where we, as a society, embrace mental health and well-being as, 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 as part of our total health. You cannot achieve wellness without a healthy mind, body, and spirit, whatever it is that spirit means to you. Okay, credits have rolled, and we're meeting Worf and O'Brien in the transporter room. Worf is really anxious. He just wants this whole thing to be over. Worf and O'Brien show some camaraderie here that we'll see in future episodes and into Deep Space Nine. Finally, his parents arrive. We learn that Miles Edward O'Brien is a chief petty officer. And that's uh, and, and the Worf's dad was also a chief on the USS Intrepid. They get in some of the enlisted guy cliches here as Worf takes his parents out to see the ship. Don't call me sir, I used to work for a living. Picard arrives in 24th century France wearing 16th century clothes. He meets his nephew, René, on his way to the family vineyard. We learn that there's some friction between Picard and his brother, Robert. What does it mean anyway? Arrogant son of a- Let's talk about that later, shall we? Then we meet his sister-in-law, Marie. Actually, Picard is just now meeting her for the first time, too. He's been away for almost all of his brother's adult life. She asks how he is, and Picard, he really just minimizes what has happened to him. Oh, I'm fine. And then he heads out to the vineyard to find his brother. Very cold welcome from Robert. Apparently, 16th century clothing is the style out here. (laughs) He sends Picard on his way and says he'll see him around 8 for dinner. Troy and Dr. Crusher on the Enterprise are talking about their shore leave plans. Crusher receives a package from storage with her husband, Jack's, belongings. She reminisces over a few items, but finds a hollow program that Jack recorded for Wesley right after he was born. She's hesitant to share it with Wesley, but once again... Troy steps in with great guidance, lots of questions about his father, and Crusher agrees to share the uh, the recording with her son. In this example, we're talking about the death of a parent, and specifically a death the child doesn't remember because they were so young. But loss is an experience that we all have, and, and it is never, never easy. Beverly is worried about her son and wants what she thinks is best for him. Fortunately, she happens to be best friends with a mental health professional who's right there, ready to be a guiding voice for her. She encourages Beverly to let Wesley address his loss in in his own way. This is such a good example of the importance of seeking mental health guidance from a professional. I I would never try to diagnose or treat a serious physical illness or injury, so, so why do we insist on doing so for a mental or emotional distress? Really, I mean, in a weird way, I find that fascinating. In terms of this podcast, though, looking at it through the lens of leadership development, the lesson here is to know when to rely on or consult with someone else. There's a great quote. I believe it's attributed to Anonymous. They have a lot of great quotes attributed to them. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You should always be seeking to surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. 
This scene shows the benefit of that. Had Beverly not developed a circle of colleagues that were brilliant, she would likely have missed out on this invaluable advice from Troy. What advice are you missing out on? Check your room, your your team, and be sure you're not the smartest one there. Worf is in engineering, along with Jordy and his parents. Your normal 90s uncomfortable parent stuff in here. But Jordy's loving it. The principal looked up and said, please, tell me he's an only child. (laughs) We have taken enough of the commander's time. He's enjoying his parents while Worf's mom keeps them on schedule. They separate as Worf takes his mom to the Arboretum. But his dad asks to speak with Jordy in confidence about Worf. Back on Earth, we get more of the friction between Picard and his brother. There's a lot of old world versus new world stuff here. Robert believes modern conveniences compromise traditional values, while Picard believes the two are totally separate things. You can have modern conveniences, yet maintain strong values. I don't see that you have to lose anything just by adding a convenience. Rene talks about school and shares that he wants to go into space one day, just like his uncle Jean-Luc Picard, much to the chagrin of his dad, Robert. The next morning, Jean-Luc is in the vineyard with an old friend, Louis. Lewis is working on the Atlantis project, which Picard is very interested in. He even shares a trick they used back in his second season episode, Pen Pals. Lewis shares that the project is looking for a new director and that Picard should look into it. No, I'd never leave Starfleet. At least not until Starfleet leaves you, right? Well, that's, uh, that is way in the future. Super, super, uh, super spoiler alert there. On 10 Forward, Worf's parents meet Guinan. She shares some great stories and insights about Worf. They talk about Worf's parents and their, their, their parenting style and how they, they really just allowed him to, to find his own path. Part that looks out the window towards home. He's not looking towards the Klingon Empire. He's looking towards you. In France, Jean-Luc is visiting with Marie. He's seriously thinking about the Atlantis Project. <laughs> actually considering it. Lewis drops by and says that he's set up a discussion with the project leadership. Picard, he is not happy about that. Ultimately, he begrudgingly accepts. He's very wooden through all of this. He's visibly uncomfortable. Doesn't take an expert to look at him and know that he is holding a volcano at bay inside of himself. On the Enterprise, Beverly is giving the hollow message to Wesley. He's got a lot of questions, but they're both very eager for him to watch it. Worf's parents drop into his quarters. This is a rare Star Trek moment where we see Worf without his sash. But they explain they read his letter about his discommendation and that they want to be there for him. They want, they want him to know that they're proud of him no matter what. It's a really warm moment and we get to see, see a piece of Worf here that, that, that we've never seen before. Things start really heating up in Labar. Robert is giving Picard a hard time about Synthahol, the fact it doesn't get you drunk. And he does this as he's pouring more and more wine into Jean-Luc's glass. Then Robert just goes for it. What happened to you up there? What did they do to you? Picard doesn't want to talk about it, but, but Robert, Robert just keeps pushing. I've always thought you needed a little humiliation. Picard gets up, he storms away, and Robert is hot on his heels. Tired of the Enterprise too? He is pushing every button he can. Picard is getting more and more angry, defensive, and Robert just keeps twisting and pushing at him. Before you know it, Picard throws a punch. Damn you! 
and they're rolling in the mud. They're going at it. It finally ends with them both laughing and throwing mud at each other. But then, but then Jean-Luc, Jean-Luc just loses it. He starts crying. He lets it all spill out. They took everything I was. He used me to kill and to destroy and I couldn't stop them. I should have been able to stop them. I tried. I tried so hard. I wasn't strong enough. I wasn't good enough. This. This is what the entire episode is about. The family stuff has been fun. It's been interesting. But this breakthrough is everything. I said it earlier, but Picard as Locutus was was basically responsible for the deaths of over 11,000 people. Could you even imagine? That doesn't doesn't happen without leaving its mark on you. A deep mark. (laughs) A lot of deep marks. At the, at the beginning of this episode, he talked about having nightmares. I can't even imagine imagining those nightmares. Despite trying to hold it in, trying to pretend everything was okay, the emotions came pouring out. But is he good now? Is he quote unquote cured all of a sudden? No, not, not even almost. But now, now his healing can start. And that, that is such a critical step. This is going to be with you a long time, Jean-Luc. A long time. After the fight, Jean-Luc and Robert, they end up sharing a laugh in the living room. Jean-Luc tells Marie, who's very unhappy with the mess they've made, that he's canceled the appointment with the Atlantis Project and is headed back to the Enterprise. The three of them have a strong bonding moment as we head back to the ship. Wesley heads into the holodeck. He's going to hear from his dad. This is a great scene. As a father, I can imagine totally making a video just like this for my kid. Wesley, Wesley is deeply moved. But what's the deal with the uniform? Like, let's take the greatest Star Trek uniform of all time from the original series movies and just rip it apart. No belt, no turtleneck, the newer com badge. Oh my gosh, it just looks terrible. It looks like he's wearing, I don't know, like Star Trek, the motion picture pajamas or something like that. Well, I guess that's kind of what they wore in the motion picture, right? So maybe more like the Wrath of Khan pajamas. I really wish I knew why they decided to drop the turtlenecks or, or the belt even. Oh well, I suppose life still needs its mysteries, right? Jean-Luc says farewell to his family. His nephew, René, says he'll be leaving for his own starship someday, which really is kind of prophetic as the actor that plays him will be on the Enterprise in season six, episode Rascals, and he actually, well, spoiler alert, once again, plays a young Picard. It's a pretty cool throwback that we, we have yet to experience. Picard heads off and he's got a bottle of the 47. He beams up and runs into Worf and his parents. Picard's cordial and helps embarrass Worf maybe just a little bit. These are my parents, Helena and Sergei Roshenko. Delighted. Sir? Quite a ship you have here, Captain. You had the full tour, I trust. He looks up and down the corridor, smiles to himself, and heads to his quarters. Oh, good stuff here. Really, really good stuff. Total departure from a traditional Star Trek episode. In fact, it's said that Gene Roddenberry hated the early drafts of the script and was, was never really fond of the idea. Where's the action, he said. 
Well, this episode wasn't about action, but it was still really, really good. We saw more out of Troy and Crusher than we did through most of the first three seasons. I liked, I, I really liked seeing Troy functioning as a counselor and, and as a therapist. With what Picard had been through, I'm glad they included her interactions with him in this. Like, it, it, it just to me, it just proves a very valuable point. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter how high up the chain of command you are. We're all human. Well, at least most everyone listening to the podcast for now. Right? And, and but ultimately, ultimately, we all we all need help with our healthcare. The wharf stuff was fun, but but it was also more than that. It was a good look and, and, and a deeper dive into him as a character. Some of the stories that his parents shared really really made him a lot more a lot more real, I guess, a lot more accessible. There's some real lessons and takeaways from their interactions in regards to a multicultural family and, and how they integrate, honor, and celebrate the differing cultures in the household. Worf's mom learning how to make real cake blood pie, for example, is not too dissimilar to me learning how to make mojillé, which, like Worf's dad, I have still not quite learned how to eat. I learned to cook raw cake blood pie. However, we never quite learned how to eat it. <laughs> but the Picard story, oh, so, so good. If you remember back to the second episode of the Starfleet Leadership Academy, Picard was, well, he, he was very much about maintaining his appearance. He was clearly someone that identified himself with his job and his title. In this episode, all of that is out the window. We see a version of him that, that really we can all relate to. A guy, a dude, a person, just trying to keep it together when his world has fallen apart. That sound familiar? Well, if it doesn't, congratulations. But also, well, if nothing else, you at least know someone that has done exactly this. Well, minus the destruction of 39 starships and the 11,000 deaths. We got to see him ultimately be vulnerable. We saw him begin to come to terms with just un thinkable trauma. Yeah, this, this was some really good stuff. I've said it maybe too many times now, but this episode is best viewed as part three of a trilogy. Well, maybe even part three of a quadrilogy. Is, is, that, is that even a word? But best of both worlds, parts one and two, family, and the film, uh, Star Trek First Contact. They really do tell a cohesive and really interesting and great story. Command codes verified. So while this is going to be a relatively short episode, it could either be the shortest episode of the Starfleet Leadership Academy ever, or we can acknowledge the truly powerful lessons here. The lessons of mental health, self-care, and relationships. These themes, they start right away. Riker is handling the operations of taking care of the ship and ensuring people are rotating through their shore leave opportunities. When Worf has some apprehension around his parents' visit, Riker offers him more time. I'm sure we could arrange for you to have more off-duty time while they're here. No. There are over a thousand people on the Enterprise, and he knows that allowing the crew the time they need to take care of themselves and the people around them is critical. I love that he just, he doesn't even skip a beat here. He just immediately offers the extra time off. The lessons in this episode, though, really come through in Picard's story. He has just been through a horrifyingly traumatic event. Dr. Aphrodite Matsaki says, 
Some of the experiences endured by human beings on this earth are virtually unbelievable. In this case, we can say anything within eight light years of earth. We see evidence that Picard has sought treatment for his trauma. The interactions with Troy at the beginning of this episode show they've been working for some time on his recovery. Your help has been invaluable during my recovery. This is great and should speak a powerful truth to all of us. Regardless of your position or status, our minds and emotions require care. They require medical professional help. If nothing else, I hope this episode, family, and this episode of the podcast help move us even just a little bit closer to normalizing regular mental and emotional care. Sucking it up and just dealing with it does not make you stronger. It it makes you unhealthy. If you broke your leg or you found a tumor, would you just suck it up? Yeah, I don't believe, I don't believe for a second that you would. The point here is that Picard, one of the epitomes of leadership, does not just suck it up after his trauma. He, he seeks help. We have all experienced trauma in our lives, hopefully not to the level that Picard has, but, but that doesn't lessen its impact on us. Our trauma is experienced in a real way, uniquely. And it needs attention. Just like Picard, we must address our trauma. You know what? This is, this really is so similar to what we talked about when we looked at DS9's emissary. Cisco went years without addressing his trauma. It took the intervention of the prophets or the, the wormhole aliens for, for him to finally see it. We are so lucky that we, because we don't need aliens to see our trauma. Thankfully, we have access to, or, well, well, honestly, most of us have access to quality healthcare. But let's look at the similarities between Cisco's experience and Picard's experience. First, again, I am not a mental health professional. This is just me looking at what happened in a TV show. The first, they were both confronted by someone outside of themselves. Cisco with the prophets and Picard with both Troy and his brother, Robert. They were both placed into situations where their guard was either down or pointed in another direction. Cisco, for example, was confused. He was trying to make sense of non-linear communication. Picard was faced with a trauma many of us can relate with, trauma of childhood. In both cases, they weren't thinking about the source of, of, of their trauma. This next one, to, to me at least, seems very significant. When their guard around the trauma was down, and it came out in front of them, they cried. They shed real, powerful tears. They had an uncontrollable outpouring of emotion, and they let it happen. They just let it happen. They experienced those extreme emotions. What we, what we don't see, unfortunately, after this, is the ongoing care they receive. But we can, we can make some assumptions that, that they do receive that ongoing aftercare. The bottom line here is that it is important. No, it is, it is critical. It is vital to take care of yourself. We're leaders. And, and we must also lead ourselves. So if we're doing this for ourselves, what do we do for our teams? How do we support their mental health, their physical health, their overall well-being? It is my experience that when people are and feel supported and cared for, they work harder. 
their productivity, the quality of their work goes up. Actively investing in the people on your teams results in a, in, in a net gain. And, and in fact, I would say this is the most sound investment you could possibly make. There are a lot of ways you can support your teams. Depending on where you live and work, some, some of that may be provided or even mandated by the government. Either way, offering things like paid time off for, for any reason, flexible schedules to, to allow for life, safe, quiet spaces for people to take a moment and breathe. All these can make dramatic differences for people. I have a colleague that works for a huge publicly traded global company. In their division, they have no meeting Wednesdays to give everybody just a, just a day of relief. Their leadership does quarterly reviews of their accrued paid time off to be sure people are actually taking time off and, and actual real time off, not the PTO where like you're still responding to teams messages and checking in on your emails. What we know is that healthy people perform better. Our role as leaders is to improve the performance of our teams. So a focus on total health is the only logical choice. And it is critical to acknowledge that mental health is a key part of our total health. So what did you think of this episode? Do you actively work to promote well-being and mental health with your teams? Let me know. I'm on all the social media at Jeff T. Aiken. Jeff T. as in tears. A-K-I-N. And if you've enjoyed the Starfleet Leadership Academy, please share it with a friend or, or, or someone you think could benefit from it. What are we going to watch next time? Working. Oh, wow. Season 7, Episode 23 of Voyager, Homestead. For some, an emotional episode. This is one that brings us to almost the finale of Voyager, and we say goodbye to a longtime crew member. Well, until then, ex astra scientia. Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Electric Acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electric acid.